Welcome to the Yellow Brick Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Helms, and today we are interviewing Amy Spear, a yoga instructor who helps us understand more about the connection between yoga, therapy, trauma, and also discusses Ayurveda and yoga, um, another field that I am still learning a lot about. So this is an episode full of very interesting um, topics surrounding integrative therapies in our field. And experts such as Bessel van der Kolk talks about how yoga is one of the modalities that we're learning is really helpful in healing trauma that's stored in the body, uh, along with all the other wonderful health benefits. So I wanted to bring this into the therapy space today because we don't talk about yoga or body therapies, I feel like, enough in our field. And so my hope is that we can dip our toe into the water with this episode and episodes to follow. I hope y'all enjoy. All right. Well, I'm really excited to do a podcast with you today. We are on a rainy Tuesday this morning (laughs) um, recording this podcast, and I think there's just a lot we can learn from you as therapists, and I think, again, like, you know, it's important that we talk more about yoga in this space, and for me, it's been kind of, in my brain, it's been weird that yoga and mental health and physical illness hasn't been talked about more. Um, I agree. And so, yeah, so I'm doing all that I can to do outreach in our community, and I'm so grateful to be working with um, yoga practitioners like yourself that have that wisdom and that knowledge and um, have been doing this good work, even though, you know, our field hasn't really been recognizing it until the last 10 to 15 years or so. Um, But first, I want to go into our first four so tell me more about what you wanted to be when you grew up and you were in grade school. So oh, like my an, gosh. Yeah. So like as a kid, what were you thinking your okay. occupation would be? Well, when I was young, I thought, you know what? I, well, I grew up poor. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought, you know what? When I grow up, I want to grow up and make money and, you know, so I can make my family's lives better. Mm-hmm. That's what I always thought when I was little. And uh, I, I was in a small town and uh, there was one time I was like, you know what? I, and I think I was like five or six maybe, and I um, decided to take off away from the house, Mm -hmm. and I went to the town bank. (laughs) I think it was on a weekend, and I think they were closed, but I was like, I'm going to apply for a job because if I start this early, I'll be like running things by the time I'm an adult. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was really thinking like that. Wow, man. So you were going to be like whatever it was you know, wealthy is what you wanted to (laughs) be. Well, I mean, not necessarily wealthy, but, um, definitely in a lot, uh, easier place than, um, you know, the struggles that we were going through. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, that makes a lot of sense if you're living that experience and you see the struggle of your family and, you know, as a kid brain, you're like, okay, what's the opposite of this? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, (laughs) what could I do to change this? Yeah. So that makes a lot of sense. Did you, were you wanting to be like a banker or like, were you thinking Uh, like a doctor? You know, I, I wasn't really sure, but I was like, hmm, you know, I think scientists maybe make money and once in a while I would think, oh, maybe I'll become a scientist. But then I was like, you know what? All the money's at the bank. If I go to the bank, (laughs) surely I can get some money there. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Well, it's great. So yeah, I mean, I guess that, you know, as a kid, that makes sense. Money is there. So probably the best way to get it is to be close to it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, being a yoga teacher now is completely opposite of, 
Yeah. The money is not in yoga, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Growing up, it's like, it's funny now because I, I would agree that in either of our fields and a lot of the helping professions, I mean, unless yeah. you're a doctor and even sometimes then, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, we're not usually doing it for money. If we were, mm-hmm. we probably would have chosen a different profession yeah. and to invest <laughs> our time and money in something different. So, um, so yeah, so here you are totally not in a field yeah. <laughs> that necessarily produces large amounts of money for people mostly, you know, that being said, I'm sure there's some, um, you know, outlying factors and yeah. some, you know, entrepreneurs who mm-hmm. like, like the yoga, yoga like the yoga rock stars who are famous and are called out to do, uh, teacher trainings and things like that all the time. Yeah, I'm sure they're making a decent amount, mm-hmm. probably. But then again, you never know, too. Sometimes you, you find that you think these people are making lots. Like, I used to think, like, researchers. Like, I'm like, oh, they must be making lots of money. And then it's like, you know, once I got to know a lot of researchers, they're not making lots mm-hmm. of money. And, and a lot of the money they, they do make, sometimes they even put it into their research. Yeah. And so um, so it's kind of funny how, you know, you never know sometimes. But... Uh, moving on to our second question, what has been one of your, what I kind of call your most learning moment in your yoga practice or one of those moments that you look back on, you're like, oh, I wish it didn't happen that way, but, <laughs> um, but I learned um, from it. Hmm. Well, um, I mean, there's been so many different learning moments. It's, uh, you always pull from your own yoga practices and experiences, um, more than just uh, the teacher trainings. Um, uh, there, there've been like times, like when I was in my very first yoga teacher training and the yoga teacher would say, Oh, uh, you should never do this very first thing. And then I would go experience several yoga classes and I would find several teachers that still do that. That's the very first, first thing they do. And so not all yoga teachers follow the same rules. Um, but what's especially been uh, useful to me recently is, um, uh, as I've been uh, aging, as well as uh, I've put my body through like three or four years of CrossFit, uh, my body's gone through a lot more damage than it was in the beginning. And mm-hmm. so I've uh, learned more and more about using yoga to heal. Mm-hmm. So that's been very useful. Mm-hmm. Whereas before you weren't thinking about it in that. Well, I always, I always... Uh, thought, you know, that it would be good for that and hoped that I would learn how to do that one day, but I didn't really know how to put it together. But the more Mm -hmm. I experience with it, um, the, the more I, I'm starting to get where I want to be with it. Right. Well, and it's like the, we call it like self of the therapist for us, but it sounds like self of the yoga teacher (laughs) where, you know, you, you grow and, and gain your capacity to heal through your own Mm -hmm. healing. So that's really cool. And tell me more about some of your really good moments in your yoga practice. Um, in my own practice, um, I, I, I mean, one, one of my favorite things is, uh, you know, learning, learning how to heal myself. Like I just said, um, I've been going through a lot of back and shoulder problems recently and I've been uh, going through a lot of different exercises and the the more that I'm going through it I'm starting to feel like for a while I used to always do uh, birthday push-ups every year so last year when I turned 42 I did 42 push-ups on my birthday and I think I've done that almost every year for the last 10 years Wow! and um, this year I'm not sure if I'm going to do my 43 push-ups mm-hmm. uh, 
because I've had a lot of shoulder issues, mm-hmm. but I've been doing a lot of different exercises and I was uh, able to do chaturanga without pain yesterday and that really got me excited. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's important. And especially to be able to listen to your body because I think it's hard, like, I think it's hard for a lot of people. They just kind of go out there mm-hmm. and do something prescribed for them and maybe the way it's prescribed, the amount it's prescribed yep, yep. isn't always what they actually need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I also, I want to side note mention, my dog is here with us too, Nora, and she's just playing with us, so if we sound a little distracted at moments, it's probably because the Nora bear is like, hello, give me attention. <laughs> That's okay, she's keeping me calm. Yeah, she's, she's a good little, she's not actually a certified therapy dog, so I can't like say that, but she's definitely a little lover and a goober, so, Yep. Um, And then my last question for you, it's kind of a little bit more, um, I like this question because I just think it's fun. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if people don't necessarily believe in it, but what is your spirit animal? You had to choose a spirit animal. Um, Hmm. What is my spirit animal? I don't know. I, I, uh, a dragon? I don't know. <laughs> Something different. I would love to be able to fly, and I I seem to be kind of solitary, mm. so maybe that. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to be solitary. I don't know. That's a hard question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, it's not that everybody always has that, like, on the top of their, their brain. Do you know what your Myers-Briggs is by chance? I don't know if it's like a psychology. No, I Okay. Don't. Personality test. Okay. Because sometimes they have like, they'll have animals for your Myers-Briggs. Oh. And so mine's a dog. Hmm. And so I, funny enough, I actually identify as that. Um, and then I have some other ones I've taken on uh, Pop Sugar that are very, you know, very scientifically based. Um, not really. But yeah, but then, you know, I got a butterfly once. So it's just kind of fun to get to kind of know ourselves by seeing what we relate to. But it sounds like, you know, you like to fly and maybe that's, I think I would like to. Independence and freedom and, um, yeah. So you have like an independent spirit to you. Yeah. Well, and maybe that that could lead into like one of the questions I have for you, because I know we've briefly talked about this before. Um, but in yoga, you guys actually have a practice of, is it in yoga or I could be saying this wrong, but I'm thinking about Ayurvedic practice. Mm -hmm. Like, is that within the realm of yoga or is it a separate entity? Um, um, tell me most, well, uh, most yogis, most people who have really studied yoga for a while, um, they really uh, connect the two yoga and Ayurveda are really highly uh, intertwined and connected because the more you learn about it, the more you realize that, uh, all the, the places that you hold stress come from different uh, types of trauma that have happened in your life. And, um, it, it, it's, it's really interesting. And so it, it's really intertwined. Like you could, uh, release, you, you could, um, be holding stress in your hip, and once that stress releases, it could uh, cause you to cry in relief because you've been holding on to that stress for so long. But it's not necessarily just physical stress. You hold emotional stress in your body too. And so it's really all tied together very strongly. Yeah, for sure. And so in the Ayurvedic 
practice. I know you've talked about their different types, mm, the, like the different types they kind of... The, um, the doshas. The doshas. There we go. Um, tell us more about the doshas and then maybe what's better than a spirit animal for you to describe is maybe yeah. your own dosha yeah. and kind of what that is. All right. So there are three main uh, doshas, kappa, pitta, and vata. Kappa is uh, water. Pitta is fire and um, vata is air. And uh, most people are strong in uh, one or two of those uh, dosha types once you take a dosha test. And it's uh, it's a kind of a personality test, but it's also just a, a kind of a body type test. And it's mm-hmm. kind of all intertwined like that. And um, so my dosha is uh, mostly... Kappa and secondarily Pitta. So I'm a Kappa Pitta dosha. And what is that? Tell so, us more about what so, that means. So um, water types are more uh, grounded uh, mentally. They're more quiet. They're um, kind of slow to think and contemplate on things. Um, they are um, very uh, loyal, I would say. But their uh, physical type is usually a little bit stockier and uh, thicker and stronger. Um, And uh, pitta types are usually, uh, you know, you think of a fiery person, you think of an emotional person, think of a a redhead, that's a pitta type. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. They kind of conceptualize, yeah, as a redhead, the fiery. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Strong, opinionated, Mm -hmm. um, goes after what they believe, fierce. Yep. Beyonce. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And uh, sometimes you might even think of that as like a type A kind of personality. Mm, Okay. And then um, the vatas, air, uh, can frequently be called airheads. (laughs) They're also usually a a smaller body type. Um, uh, They're, you know, they're kind of float around and do what they want and their brain goes from this to that and they're not really they're usually not as strong they're you know but everybody has their different strengths and weaknesses every uh emotional type or uh dosha type does too so it's you know yeah it's good to be able to integrate I'm sure all of them like they Mm -hmm. do have their strengths Mm -hmm. they do have their um areas of struggle too Mm -hmm. just like humans and even uh, different dosha types like different styles of yoga. Mm. Like um, a kappa type would like to uh, hold a pose, which takes more strength. Mm-hmm. A, a vata type likes to move from pose to pose to pose, which doesn't take any strength, but it just lets their mind wander. Mm. And so um, sometimes it's good for you, if you're a kappa, to do a more vata practice to bring you more balance. Or sometimes it's good if you're a vata to do more of a kappa practice to bring you more balance. And mm-hmm. so you can kind of balance out your doshas with your yoga practice too. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. So is the is one of the goals of yoga or the practice of yoga to find more of a balance in who we are? Yes, exactly. It's uh, it, it helps you balance in so many different ways. Um, not only does it help you uh, balance out your personality, but it also is meant to help balance your body. 
So um, if you have a good, solid yoga practice that's um, executed correctly, you're going to strengthen every uh, posing muscle group um, equally so that you don't have any uh, weaknesses in any of your joints. So it makes your whole body more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also even the fact that we do uh, balance poses where you learn how to balance on one leg or learn how to balance holding different uh, positions. And um, so it, it, it's, uh, it really, yoga works on balance in so many different ways. Right. So not just the emotional balance, but physical balance, um, balance of your physiology. Yeah, exactly. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And, and do you find that like naturally as people balance their physiology that relates to their emotional balance as well or are they two separate things that they work on no I think you're exactly right I think that usually the places that are weak are the places that are damaged emotionally Mm -hmm. and when you strengthen them physically you also strengthen them emotionally yeah I could see that I've learned you know probably a really tidy amount in the the world of our brain chemistry but even finding balance in our brain which literally transcribes to how our bodies manifest physically um, is a really important part of our health because mm-hmm. oftentimes, um, you know, developmentally as, as we have grown, even from like, you know, infant stages and in the womb, there are, part, there are critical stages of our development that if we, for whatever reason, didn't get that stimulus, like the stimulus we needed or we didn't grow in that area, the strength we needed to, we can grow in other areas of our brain and create imbalances mm-hmm. within our brain. Um, and that, again, that manifesting physically as well. And it's been like, yeah, so we, but the cool thing about that too, like you said, is we can heal those things. Mm-hmm. And yep. again, people aren't necessarily connecting the dots that yep. that relates to their mm-hmm. trauma. And I think sometimes trauma or emotional stuff can sound more severe than it is, but it could be whatever happened in your life. Yeah. Or things that didn't happen at a certain yeah. age um, that created that imbalance or for things to ch- to change in the way that they were growing in the archetype of your brain. And, I mean, sometimes there's beauty and how resilient our brains are yeah. and, like, yeah. gaining strength in other areas. Mm-hmm. But then, again, they become the things that can um, cause us the imbalance and the emotional yeah. distress and all of that good stuff. So. That's really cool that, like, I like to connect those dots, yeah. like, just for myself and for people because I think that they don't always understand, like, how does yoga even have anything to do with yeah, helping I people know. I, their mental health? I'm, I'm surprised how there's so many people that don't see the connection. I was especially surprised when I told my husband that I was connecting with you to mm-hmm. work at um, a therapy place that my husband was like, really? Why? I was like, right? what? <laughs> Right. I mean, even people that do yoga, right? They're not connecting those dots. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. I don't know if you have, I mean, because I don't have the answer to this, but, you know, my brain's always going to the place of like, how do we connect those dots or what language do you feel like would be helpful for people when they're not connecting the dots with yoga? I mean, I don't know if you have any input in that because I feel like that's our biggest challenge you know, not only nationwide, but especially in Wichita, where I feel like culturally, maybe not as many people are open to the practice of yoga as being a means of healing their emotional trauma, even physical trauma. Um, yeah. 
I don't know if you have any thoughts on that or if it's just kind of one of those yeah, question marks. I think, I think it's, uh, it's just one of those things that uh, just teaching like and getting information out there like this podcast. Any, anybody who hears this is going to probably have a light bulb moment, I imagine, and be like, oh, I see how those <laughs> things do work together. Okay, maybe yoga is something I really do need to do more than I realized. Yeah. Well, and even in our therapy community, because I know a lot of, like, this podcast specifically is geared towards therapists, but also, I mean, anybody who's interested in therapy, psychology, healing themselves, um, you know, I found a lot of therapists don't do a yoga practice either, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to say, like, because I feel the same way about therapy. It's not to say that that is the only way of healing certain things, but it's a really good way to do it and so it surprises me that not more people are making that yeah it's it's a more holistic way to look at yourself and uh, a a lot of people just think oh my brain is broken fix my brain they don't realize that it's all connected yeah it is and even I remember when I first started doing my own yoga practice and mindfulness stuff, like I really didn't like it Mm -hmm. because I had a very busy brain. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like I was doing it wrong and something was wrong with me. And then the more that I was able to experience it in different ways, it started to kind of like slowly creep in. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I couldn't even give language to what it was doing, but it would just like would like kind of ninja creep into like my system, Mm -hmm. my nervous system even. And I've learned how that, impacts my ability to be more balanced. Um, I still am a cognitive type. I still have to regulate my brain that will, that naturally kind of defaults into a certain way of being due to my own stuff. But when I practice and I make that an important part of my life, like I feel so much better. I make better choices, which lead to me being happier. Um, it impacts my practice of, of my job. Um, Yeah. So it's an interesting because sometimes I can't always give language to how it's helped me even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm trying to so that I can communicate to like what like the type of person I used to be who used to be like, yeah, yoga is great for those like bendy, flexible, yeah. calm, naturally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> zen people that don't have, you know, monkey minds. Yeah, there's so many people that uh, don't realize that uh, yoga can help with the monkey minds. Mm-hmm. Just just because maybe they've tried it once and it, they found it frustrating, but those are the ones that actually need to do it the most. Those are the ones that will get the most benefits out of it. I know. It's true. It's so true, even though, yeah, my brain, when it first thinks about it, it's like, nope, I don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to work on my stuff and, mm-hmm. and do the thing that is, is hard for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can I just do something else that's easier and also gives me results? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I see that a lot and like, I don't know if you would, you'd conceptualize it this way, but i see it as like people not wanting to be in their bodies in a lot of ways like not feeling comfort Mm -hmm. and regulation. And so that leads to them, you know, turning to substances or addiction of any sort to regulate their bodies. Well, and not just that. Well, I I mean, unless you want to say workaholics are addicted to work, so maybe that type of addiction too, Mm -hmm. because there's so many people that are like, oh, I don't want to stop and think about myself and be in my body. I'd rather just throw myself into work or, you know, find all these other things to do to distract myself from being me. 
Right. But yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. Well, workaholism and, and also, and even for myself, I used to have this perspective. It's like, I don't have time to do this practice. Right. And it's yeah. like, and yes. I remember a yep. funny quote that was about yep. meditation. Um, and to me, yoga is like the way that I'm able to get into a good space for meditation. Um, but like, it was like the people, if you don't have time for 10 minutes of meditation, the, the quote went like, um, then you need an hour of meditation. Yeah. Like it was yeah. like this joke of like, yeah. you know, the people who say they don't have time, mm-hmm need it so much more. Well, not only that, but also um, they uh, have proven in some studies, or I've heard, that uh, if you spend some time working on your brain in that way, meditating, your your mind will actually be more organized and you'll be able to get through your work quicker throughout the day. So you, it actually gives you more time just to sit down and organize your thoughts for a moment. Yes. Yeah. No, there is studies on that. Um, I know that Bessel van der Kolk and Dan Siegel are some of the pioneers in that science, but it's true that there's important things that we have to do for our brain when it comes to our practice of yoga and nervous system regulation Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. our nutrition that when we do those things, we are so much more in flow and have productive work days Versus, and I know, I mean, I'm guilty of this too, even, even yesterday was probably a day where I was dragging more, um, than I would be where it's like, you know, you could have three hours of your day pass by and I know I probably only got like 15 minutes worth of productivity (laughs) that, you know, I was supposed to get done in that three hours where if I had maybe made more space and done things a little differently and I'm Mm -hmm. still a work in progress learning this for myself. Yeah, um, everyone is. You know, yeah, like it would have gone gone differently. And, you know, I'm I'm talking about this stuff and I still have my own growth to be made and practicing it more mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. Yeah, so if yeah, if you take a moment to create some quiet in your mind, usually that will translate into you being more mindful throughout your life as well as uh, more efficient throughout your life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another thing I want to point out for therapists, because we're usually, we're mostly talking to a therapist audience is what I found is that I know it's incredibly important as therapists and I'm sure as a yoga practitioner as well, and you can speak to that more, but to be able to have what we call a non-anxious presence where we're really able to be with our clients and be regulated and that therapy isn't like this anxiety producing experience Mm -hmm. for us on the other end. And I don't know that I would be the non-anxious presence that I am today. And again, I still, you know, room to work there, but um, I don't think I would be that person and be as effective in my job. Yeah. If I haven't like hadn't done some of the body work that I've done over the last four to five years. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, I absolutely agree. Even when I'm teaching a yoga practice, there are moments when I get anxious, like, oh my gosh, am I going to teach these people right? Are they going to see through me and think that I'm, I don't know, whatever. Imposter syndrome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and so I I have moments like that, even still, even though I've been teaching yoga for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, I, I... I feel like it is important. Like I'm going to give them a much better yoga practice on the times that I'm feeling more calm and confident than the ones that I'm feeling crazy like that. 
Right, right, where we are able to not make it about us and yeah. our body regulation, <laughs> yeah. right? And we're just able to be in that moment with people. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know that people have always connected those dots either because I know a lot of therapists, especially newbie therapists, <laughs> struggle more so with that anxiety. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like, I, yeah, again, I people can feel you know what I mean? They feel yeah, your energy. Exactly. And then when I'm feeling like that, since I'm so aware that they can feel my energy, I'm like, oh no, I'm ruining this yoga lesson. <laughs> and then I get even, get even more stressed. And then I'm like, no, calm down. <laughs> and I just have to calm myself down for a moment. Yeah. And, and then and yoga then, on yourself. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah. And I'm, and then sometimes we end up holding a pose for an impossibly long time because I'm calming myself down, mm. but that's okay. It's good. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, sometimes you just got to go with that moment. Um, And I, you know, and as a therapist, there are moments where I'm like, all right, give me, I like tell my clients, I'm like, all right, I just need a minute to kind of process because Mm -hmm. my brain isn't in the space it needs to be in. Um, Yeah. Yeah. If you're a yoga teacher, you can just put them in downward dog or child's pose (laughs) and you don't even have to say anything. It's good to know. I'll just do that next time in my therapy (laughs) session. I'm just going to go into downward dog. They'll be like, um... (laughs) Although some of my clients who know me would probably just laugh. Um, Yeah. No, that's that's great. That's really cool. And I know recently, you know, you've done some studying as well on trauma-informed yoga. And that practice is very different from the regular yoga. So tell us a little bit more about the differences Um, in that practice. So when I'm teaching a normal yoga practice, I'm telling everybody, okay, be aware of what you're feeling here because you don't want to feel there because that could hurt your joint and don't do this and make sure you're doing that. And I'm telling them how exactly to do every pose. Mm-hmm. And you're even maybe correcting their yes, body position. Yes. Yeah. And, um, but uh, for people who have been through a lot of trauma, being told what to do is more trauma. Mm-hmm. And so uh, those people need to be allowed the space and time to kind of figure it out on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, you don't tell them how to do the pose. You ask, and you don't even tell them what pose to do. You ask them if they would like to join you in a pose. And then you um, ask them if they would like to move around a little bit and tell them to find a comfortable way to do it, you know, and, and kind of feel it out. And so it's it's a little bit, uh, it's it's way different from anything. You know, if I see them doing something that I think is, oh, that's, potentially dangerous for their this joint then I'm not allowed to say oh you shouldn't do that because no they have to feel it out because we want them to be emotionally uh supported in a trauma yoga class instead Mm. of instead of all of the physical stuff well and it sounds like too um you know a big part of trauma that we learn about is the like the stuckness people can feel, but also the disempowerment exactly. that people can feel. And so, exactly. So when I'm telling yeah. them what to do, that's disempowering them. So I need to allow them to decide what to do so that I can empower them to feel their bodies. Yeah. And so by doing, by letting them have the space to have more of that freedom and making it less about form and technique, which is also, I mean, it has its place, right? And yeah. I think that yeah. that's, you know, again, you know, for a person in a different space working on different things. But yeah, exactly. when you're working with somebody who's really, you know, in the throes and struggling through processing their trauma 
and ha- and that has that hasn't found their power mm-hmm. um that's a physical way of letting them do that yep exactly no that makes a lot of sense and that's really cool because again i i think that um you know, and even in the therapy room, there used to be a lot of therapists that would tell people how to do things and give them mm. advice mm. and be more of the experts. And what we've learned over time, too, is that especially when it comes with people that are struggling with trauma, um, well, and what I found, too, is to a certain extent, some people can't even verbalize what's going on. And then somebody is coming in and stepping in and trying to tell them different mm-hmm. things and how to do things, but that's not what they're needing. They're needing to learn how to find their voice yeah. and how to how to speak of those things or get into, you know. And I think, again, physically sometimes that's the way to do it is to get them to do physical healing, even though I think as therapists we yeah. can have a hard time letting that go because we want to do all of it. Yeah. We want to talk it through. We want yeah. to like do all of it in the therapy room, myself included, because I'm a very cognitive type. I'm like, yes, yeah. let's stay Well, here, and there's there's you know? still uh, a, <laughs> a lot of work to be done in the therapy room for um, that group of people. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, yoga is hugely important for that group of people too. It can help them to feel their bodies and, and find control of themselves personally. Yes, in ways that you can't talk through. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing too is I think of I think people don't realize we need people to build a bridge because you're right therapy work is important and we can do a lot of healing there but we can't if people aren't even able to get to their prefrontal cortex because there's stuff stored in the lower regions of their brain and in their bodies that keep them from being able to do that work in therapy. Yeah. And so I see yoga as being a bridge builder of like making because again sometimes people unfortunately get labeled as like oh they just don't they're not the right people for therapy or they're just Mm -hmm. not Mm -hmm. you know um teachable but I think sometimes we have to let our egos go to the side and say maybe we're not teaching them the way they learn yeah exactly the way they need to learn yeah I agree well and I know I keep on speaking about my own experience, but I, I'm trying to do it to kind of create a story for people so they can wrap their brains around it. Um, I did a lot of really good therapy work, and I would not trade that for anything, the four years that I was struggling with my own eating disorder. And I found that while I could heal a lot of things in my brain and I could cognitively challenge them and I could learn new ways of, of being from like the rules I was creating in my head... I had a harder time letting things really sink into my body. And there would be times that I felt this battle between what my brain was telling me and my body was telling me. And in my own healing process, and I'm still healing, um, I found that one of the only ways to really resolve the stuff that comes up in my body um, has been to do body work, Mm -hmm. you know, where I don't, again, I don't, naturally gravitate towards that I would love to (laughs) really heal it all up here if I could but um but yeah when you've got something that's tight in a joint somewhere you're not going to release it by thinking about it you've got to release it physically somehow Mm -hmm. and even my like for me it's anxiety Mm -hmm. I mean I would feel sick to my stomach about things and have my body be like responding differently to a situation while my brain was like, it's not a big deal. We're mm-hmm. going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And my body's like, we're not going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a fight or flight response. Yeah. And so 
that was when I started to realize it's like, okay, it's great that my prefrontal cortex is super smart and stuff, Mm -hmm. but like my body has not connected those dots. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing and how you (laughs) do work with people's bodies. Yeah. Thank Um, you. It's, it is really meaningful work. Um, but now I guess I'll, I'll go into our last four questions. Um, tell me more. Of course I'm getting all the phone calls. All right. Um, tell me more about the one, one of the things you wish you knew when you first started yoga. Um, I, I wish I understood more about the, the mental connection to it. Um, when I, first started yoga, I just had a vague notion that, you know, everyone says yoga is good for you and it helps prevent injuries and it's good for you. And, um, when I first started yoga, I was, uh, working out, doing all the crazy classes. I was doing all the spin classes and the ultimate strength and cardio and just everything that just seemed like it was going to kick your butt the most. And, um, the only reason that I started doing yoga is because my husband was going through a lot of injuries and he was getting more in, uh, interested in yoga. And he was like, let's do yoga instead of the cycle class. And I was like, you know what? Okay. For one, it'll help get him to go work out. And it's for two, it's something I can do with him. And so I would go with him. And then I always was just kind of frustrated with it. I was like, this isn't a hard enough workout. I don't understand why we have to do this. <laughs> but um, it, uh, it, it, uh, it turned out to be way more um, interlocked with everything than I realized. Um, it, it's, uh, it, it was, you know, I didn't realize that it was going to be so much in my brain and I didn't realize that you could, uh, make a yoga practice harder than what it was. And I, I didn't realize all the different facets to it. Mm. And so you kind of wish you'd known that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's just, I'm laughing cause I'm like, I think a lot of people are like, yeah, yoga is not hard enough. And that was mm-hmm. like, and, and you know. it, it depends on where you go. Sometimes like when I first started, it wasn't hard enough for me with the, with the classes I was going to, the teacher I was going to, um, she didn't teach a hard yoga class. And I was like, and I, especially for the strength level that I was at, as well as even the, I have a natural flexibility to me. And so it, it made yoga easier for me as a beginner than most beginners. Hmm. So you needed something a little deeper, a little mm-hmm. yeah. more active, maybe. Yeah. yeah, but it could have been that the the classes that I started with could have been more challenging for me if I would have known how to make them more challenging. Right, or even maybe move into the space of hmm, maybe this is mentally healing yeah, for exactly. me versus yep. the physical yep, exactly. aspect of mm-hmm. it. No, that makes a lot of sense. And do you have like a yoga related book or something for people, whether they're yogis or not, that you found to be very um, helpful for you over um, the years? Well, I have I have all of uh, my yoga books that I used in my yoga teacher trainings that I've been through. Um, the, the one that, uh, both, both of the major yoga trainings that I went to, both of them required me to have, uh, oh, what is the name of that book? It's, uh, the one, um, 
written by uh, BKS Iyengar's kids. And uh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, as an outsider, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what, oh, what's the, well, what's the name? What would the last name be? Or Iyengar. Iyengar. Okay. Actually, I think that's the name of the book. Iyengar. Iyengar. Okay. And is that, is that just on the practice of the movements or tell us more about the meaningfulness um, of that book? Well, I mean, uh, it's, it's more useful probably to a yoga teacher, but it also could be very useful to somebody wanting to know more about yoga. It's got, um, a, a lot of really great information. It, it, uh, tells you how to modify poses to keep everything in alignment in healthy fashions in a way that, isn't taught very often in the yoga classes that I've been to. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen a lot of yoga teachers saying, oh, you need to use a block, you need to use a strap here, you need to use another block or three blocks in order to get your alignment correct. And and teaching people how to align themselves um, as often as I would like to see it. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really been interesting to me, but it also is really good because um, in the index it mm-hmm. will explain, okay, uh, you can heal uh, irritable bowel sy- symptoms by doing these pose, this group of poses, or you can heal uh, cranky neck symptoms by doing this group of poses, or cranky back by doing this group of poses. And so mm-hmm. you can go through and find, oh, this is what's bothering me. Oh, I should work on these poses, and it it uh, can can help with you learning how to self heal with yoga. Yeah, so it's really connecting yoga to those physical ailments and is this the book you showed me that mm-hmm. one time okay yeah. and even yeah. uh, mental health issues as well mm. yeah that yeah really that was cool. in there yeah. like before it's time because this book wasn't created in the last 10 years right? well um no but uh, ayurvedic medicine has been around forever and this That's book true. is intertwined with that and so it, this this book is not really before it's time it's just before the time of Western medicine, really. Yeah, it's so true. We are our time, rather. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're a little slow to it. And yeah, and sometimes I think the words can be scary for people in the West. But um, but yeah, you're right. These, these have been practices that have healed and helped people for a long time. Yeah. And if, we're like, yeah. we need the science, right? Yeah, and so I think yeah. we've been so slow to it because we, I think a lot of people needed the science before they buy it. Yeah, it's so interesting. And Eastern medicine, when they use Ayurveda, the the doctor might interview you and uh, say, oh, you're, you know, what, what issues have you been going through? And they'll be like, oh, well, you know what? That's the reason this, this, uh, argument that you've been having with your husband is the reason that your back is bothering you. You need to make up with him and your back will stop hurting. And (laughs) yeah, it's, it's really interesting how Hmm. they, they prescribe way different types of things over there. Yeah, no, that's really, that's really cool. I love that. And tell us more about, has there been any sort of like sayings or quotes or a mantra that has been meaningful to you, whether recently or in the past? Um, hmm, I'm not good at coming up with stuff on the spot. I mean, sometimes things will catch me and they'll stay with me for a while, but I don't have anything in my head today. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's fine. I just, I like to ask that because some people are big quote people mm-hmm. and they're like, that's how I live my life, you know, yeah. <laughs> and then other people, or, or it could be something that um, has caught their mind recently. Um, yeah, I think even like sometimes I, I think it like mantras and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
my latest one, even, you know, the, the practice of being mindful in CrossFit that I've tried to really bring to it, um, thanks to my coach, John, mm-hmm. <laughs> is I can do hard things because my brain immediately goes to, oh my gosh, this workout's going to suck and, mm-hmm. you know, all the bad places. And so it's like, I can do hard things has been a meaningful phrase for, for me lately. So um wasn't sure if anything resonated for you, but sometimes, you know, we're just flowing with life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Letting it be what it is. Um, and then the last question I have for you is what's, what's a question I didn't ask that might be helpful for people to get to know you or yoga better? Um, hmm. Well, I mean, I didn't really talk about myself very much at all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm There's a, an invitation yeah, to do so. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I, let me just tell you a little bit about myself. I, uh, I'm a huge animal lover and um, all, all kinds of animals. I have two dogs. I would love to have some cats, but my husband's allergic. Um, <laughs> you know, everything. The other day, somebody that I was uh, working with showed me a picture of a snake that he'd seen in his yard and killed, and I was just like, like horrified, you know, I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I don't think any of the animals should be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they're, they're all, they're all useful in their own way. And I just, I, I always feel uh, bad that humans just think that we are the better creature in the world and we're just destroying it and killing all the other creatures. And it just, I don't know, that that's, that's one of the things that really brings me down when I start think going down that rabbit hole of thoughts. Yeah. But, um, well, and yesterday was Earth Day, so it mm-hmm. was kind of even more so relevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, what else? Tell us more about you. What else? Um, you know, I, I love to, to help people uh, find what they can find in yoga. I, I mean, I've, I've had so many, um, yoga clients that are just like, Oh my gosh, I didn't even know that I was having this issue, but my shoulder was cranky and now it's not. And I didn't even know that was going to help. That was going to happen when I started coming to you and all these different things. Um, I, you know, I love, uh, helping people learn about themselves that way and heal themselves and heal things they don't even realize are injured or that can be fixed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, hmm, what else besides being, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here to help people. I'm trying to help uh, the world through yoga. I love to help animals. Um, I, you know, I was raised that way, kind of. My, my dad was an animal lover too. And so, um, whenever he saw an animal, like there was one time we were out, I don't know why I'm talking about snakes so much today, but there was uh, one time we were at least one time that we were out and, uh, we were driving and he saw a snake in the road and he went out, stopped his car, went out and got the snake off the road and into the ditch so that nobody ran over it. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I just, you know, the animals are, are hugely important and, I I hope that we don't ruin the world for them. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's a good point to be made and not one I thought was going to be made in this podcast. <laughs> right. But, you know, sometimes <laughs> things just just come out and I'm glad you shared yeah. that with us. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm thinking about today, I guess. It's on your brain. Yeah. Yeah. 
Nora agrees. She's like, make this world good for the animals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As we're loving on her. So, well, thank you so much for letting me pick your brain and uh, at times, you know, probably talk too much on my end, but, <laughs> but thank you for letting me interview you. And I know that I've been kind of picking on my people over here at Soma <laughs> and saying, Hey, like speak your truth and your wisdom. And, um, it's not always the most comfortable for people. It's not like in their element always yeah. to do a podcast or yeah. interview. So I'm grateful that you had the courage to come share your wisdom with yeah, us. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you invited me. Now I'm, uh, Internet famous? I don't know. You're internet famous <laughs> already. Breaking the internet. <laughs> yeah, and if you'd ever like to be on and um, I can, you know, kind of pick your brain even more, I'm happy to have you. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. Until next time. I hope y'all enjoyed the podcast. I wanted to let you know that you can get in touch with Amy by going to somawichita.com. That's S-O-M-A-W-I-C-H-I-T-A.com. And you can also reach her by 316-201-6047. She does one-on-one yoga with clients, and it typically ranges in price from 50 to 60 per session. So if that's something that interests you or your clients, we do try to make it as affordable as possible. We've also been considering small group options where people pay, you know, maybe 25 per session to make it even more affordable while, you know, yoga is not currently covered by insurance. But just wanted to let you guys know that she is available in our community and would love to work with you or your client population and help you understand how yoga can be so, so very healing. Until next time, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your day.